0: From deep in the heart of Central Texas, is the Best of the Outdoors podcast, brought to you by Texas Fish and Game Magazine, the voice of the Texas Outdoor Nation. I'm your humble host, Dustin Von Warnke. Excited that you guys are here for this show. The last show we did was the NRA coverage, and I appreciate you hanging out with me for those three podcasts that I banged out Friday, Saturday, and Sunday of that show earlier this month. And we're back with another episode. This is another mobile podcast that I did, kind of like I did with the NRA show, but we're about fishing. And um, I apologize. I've not had a freshwater fishing episode for a few months now, and it's just because we've had a lot going on in saltwater and um, wildlife stuff. The guests that I've had on Chester Moore and um, our friend Daryl Palmer... From uh, Double, B, Double D Extreme Tackle and uh, fantastic guest to have on, so we were kind of doing our saltwater series. We'll continue that, but I wanted to definitely get into some bass fishing and some white bass and um, hybrid striper and that kind of that kind of stuff, and then obviously catfishing. So what I've got here is a podcast that I did with. Um, Dennis Martin and Terry Tubbs from Crosswater Outfitters, which is my fishing ministry that I talk about all the time. We had an event back in April, and I decided what better time would it be to get together with those two guys and record a podcast, so that's what we did, and this is a great show coming up with those two and myself and my mobile microphone and our headphones and everything else like that, so uh, this is going to be a lot of fun. I've got a picture of us while we were recording that Dennis took, kind of a selfie, and then I've got pictures of Terry and us all in the show notes you can check those out at fishgame.com forward slash podcast check us out that way however you're listening though please review us please uh, if you like what you hear please give us a review and um, please tell a friend about the show that helps us grow and get to new heights and new um, attract new sponsors and that kind of stuff too and um, and really helps us connect and spread the spread the texas outdoor nation message so that really makes me happy when we get to do that more and more so anyway, the podcast is slowly growing. I, I'm just so excited to have you guys on board that you listen. Uh, I love each and every one of you guys, and I appreciate each and every one of you, especially the feedback that you give me on Facebook. If you have not done so, hit me up on Facebook, add me as a friend. I've got a personal page there, it's open for everybody. Dustin Vaughn Warnkey, W-A-R-N-C-K-E, and that is free. Obviously, Facebook's free to uh, to connect with me on there. It's, this podcast is free to download every two weeks, and uh I've got a really good one for you this week. So without further Further ado, here we go with our podcast with uh recording with um Terry Tubbs and Dennis Martin. Here we go. So I'm here in Lake Belton outdoor recreational area at Fort Hood with Dennis Martin and Terry Tubbs. How are you gentlemen doing? Great. Good. Thanks for having us. Yeah, yeah, thank you for having us. And Dennis, you're a listener to the show, so I'm even more excited about having you. (laughs) Uh, True. um, Because you actually will tune in and listen to this stuff. I'm sure you will now, too, right, Terry? You bet. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Terry's like, what's a podcast? I'm just kidding. (laughs) So basically, just just tell us a little bit, Terry, first, since you're one of the co-founders of Crosswaters, how this started, how we basically, you know, approach one of these events for the soldiers and their families and that kind of stuff. Well, we've been doing this for about 11 years,
1: and it started out with uh, me and a good friend of mine just taking a group of guys from our Bible study, fishing one weekend, and it kind of got opened up to a few other people, and somebody else from the internet that heard we was going to be there showed up, and one of our guys led him to Christ on the porch. Wow. And so we kind of opened our eyes and said, hey, you know, we can really do something sharing uh god's message right through our passion of fishing cool and so we started uh just meeting people on the internet running into people we knew that guys that wouldn't come into church right and but uh, go the would go on the right. outdoors so go on the lake so we'd take them on the lake for a weekend and we would love on them we'd do devotions in the morning right and that's kind of how we got started we brought a guy along that i met had a garage sale he had a garage sale had a little fish and stuff. I bought a little boat from him, and he was a uh, vet, and he was retired age, uh-huh. and we brought him along, and. He's the one that got us hooked up with uh, Wounded Warriors at Fort Hood.
0: Cool. The Warriors in Transition Brigade is who we work with here in Fort Hood. and We do these events every October and April, correct? Yes, sir. And then we do a Friends and Neighbors, at least one of those a year, on Lake Conroe, which is where the big blue cats live. And then um, we do a, hand, a thing for Texas Texas Wounded Warriors. Is that right, too? Yes, sir. I haven't been to Buck one of those yet on Lake Buchanan. Yes. So most of this is around Central Texas and East Texas, but... Um, you know, Dennis, tell us a little bit about your background and how you came to the ministry. Yeah, so I had actually
2: known Terry for, for quite some time through the hockey community. That's uh, right. Uh, I, since uh, about 99, 2000, we'd played hockey against each other and then together. So we had known each other, and I had always known Terry as a good Christian man. And uh, <clears throat> eventually, my my kids got me into fishing, and this was probably around, um, uh, that would have been 2013. Uh-huh. And... Uh, that's a whole other story in and of itself. Right. Uh, I hooked up with Terry at the hockey rink, and he said, Hey, I noticed that uh, that you like fishing and uh, that you just bought a boat. And uh, he said, You know, we got a fishing ministry. I'd like to invite you to, to come out to one of our events. It happened to be one of the Lake Conroe events. Right. And uh, as, as he was saying this, I remember my first thought was, Fishing ministry? What, what, what are you talking yeah, about? Yeah,
0: when you say that, people are like, Is that a thing? Is that real? <laughs> yeah.
2: I, the, I, the thing was just inconceivable to me at the time. Uh, but I went out and uh I, 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 I had such a wonderful time and mind you it was twenty degrees the whole time. The wind was howling out of the north. This uh, was Lake Conroe. I was there that it? year. Yeah, yeah, it was Lake Conroe. That is that's where I met you for twenty thirteen, I think, right? Twenty thirteen, wow, December twenty thirteen. Wow. Yeah. And uh you know, I think I think most other people would have been miserable, but uh, two things about that. First, it was just so much fun. Sure. Terry, Terry and his dad are, are wonderful, wonderful men to hang out with. All, everyone in Crosswater is right, uh, and uh, you could just see this glimpse of, of the of the glory of God in the, in this event. The way that God worked in in, in people's lives and right. shaped them. And uh, I, I remember this distinctly. I went up to I went up to to, to Terry and uh, the other co-founder Brian Nerium, and uh, i said you know I, I just bought a bass boat it's not, not it's not big it's not anything like the boats the, you guys are running out here i said but if you ever need me to bring bring a boat out right. I, i'd love to be a boat captain and Brian looked at me and he said, Terry and I were just praying about this 10 minutes ago. Wow. For reliable captains to join
0: this ministry. Mm-hmm.
2: And I've, I've been with it ever since.
0: Yeah, no, it's, it's addictive. I mean, you get to see the transformation that people go through, through fishing and through our ministry work and stuff. And I yeah. mean, it's it's life changing to a lot of the soldiers that we serve because a lot of them don't get the opportunity to go on, mm-hmm. you know, fishing trips like this um, and maybe not have a boat or not have access and so on and so forth. And it's just something that I think that's very Beneficial to um, to uh, you know to what we do. So I mean it's, yeah. it's 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 you know we all we all love God in this ministry, but we also all love fishing. You know, so it's kind of a, a melding of those two worlds. I think, it, you know, yeah, it goes together real nice.
2: Yeah, I tell the soldiers all the time when we start these events. You know, we we love we love fishing, we love people, and we we love God, and uh, this is. Uh, almost a custom-built opportunity to to combine those things into into one one deal and how can you pass that up yeah
0: sure sure so we're out here this weekend uh, there's a front that pushed in last night right Mm, yeah and so it went from being in what the 70s i guess i didn't even check the the, the temperature down to what was it this morning
2: yeah it's 54 right now it was in the it was in the low 80s yesterday only in texas right yeah (laughs)
0: So, um, but last, yesterday I just had to tell this story, uh, your boat caught a 32 pound yellow catfish yep. that was eating a catfish that was on the jug line.
2: Yeah, it had a blue cat in its mouth that was probably a couple pounds by itself, that, right. I mean that fish was well large enough that we would have we kept it in the basket to eat it. And, right. Uh, <laughs> This fish had just uh, had just
0: gone to town on it and chomped on it. Right, oh, that's crazy. <laughs> and I cleaned that fish last night, right when the storm and everything blew through. That was an interesting experience. But <laughs> you were there with me, Dennis. So oh, I appreciate uh, that, and that yeah. uh, was cool. Um, so Terry, just give me the basic rundown of what you do on on the Central Texas lakes like this. As far as do you do a lot of hybrid? white bass fishing, or what kind of, of, I haven't done a freshwater show in a while, so. Yeah, I do, I do a little bit of every kind of fishing, I do a little bit of black,
1: not much anymore, Uh I really like the hybrid fish, Belton's a really good hybrid lake, uh, using live shad, fishing out on the deep points, right, Uh, we got a very good variety of catfish, the blues are great here, right, they're in certain seasons, the yellow's running, which they're running now, so, yes. Yellow's on live bait. And uh we got really good crappie in this lake. Uh-huh. And so yeah, Belton's a good all around lake for any kind.
0: This weekend they're doing a Texas tournament zone, I believe, that's that's going on out there and the the what did you say, the swells are like two foot and I mean the wet the, the wind's crazy. A lot of us can't get our boats out this morning, which I thought would be a good time to do the podcast, but um yesterday i didn't tell you all this but on peewee's boat we caught a big crappie like a slab crappie on a jug which we obviously threw back and then a largemouth bass and he was probably a good you know he was he was legal keeping size but the the soldiers and their families you know getting to see that firsthand and just getting to see all the big catfish we were pulling in five pounders like it was going out of style i mean it was just it was just an amazing experience i think so um it's just one of those things that the fishing brings us together but god brings us together and, and yeah. we, this is just a great event you know uh, yes. to kind of encompass all of that yeah
1: and you know when we first started this We did mostly pole fishing. Right, rod and reel. And we would uh, take certain times that we'd go on Buck Annan and we would take everybody out. We'd go after hybrids and stripers and uh, maybe go out and we'd chase the whites. And when we started dealing with the military, when we first started, all we did uh, was male soldiers. Okay, right. And that was because of our housing arrangement and stuff. And so what we found out is when we got on the boat, and I got four soldiers on my boat, and you put a rod in each one of them's hands, it becomes a competition. The competition gets serious, and walls get put up, and you know somebody's bragging on themselves, and somebody's quiet because they didn't catch anything. They're not good fishermen. So we found out when we started using the jugs, there's two things. When we get on the boat and we got jugs, everybody has their job. Right. So it takes everybody on the boat to catch every fish. So you become a team. So now you're high-fiving, you're breaking down walls. Right. Right. You know, you're opening up doors, and you get the opportunity to really learn about these guys and invest in their life. And also, jugging is really easy, so you take people out that's never caught fish. Right. Like I had a family on my boat, Uh, yesterday a man and his two small kids and they got here late we didn't have much time for we had to be back in for supper so we ran out got to check five jugs and we brought in four fish and so it's just boom 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 three three jugs right in a row with the fish, empty one, then the next one had a fish on it, it's like, wow, we fished all day. I've never caught this many right, fish. Right, right. So it's, it keeps them exciting right. all day, too.
0: And it catches enough for our fish fry night. Yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> about it's feet. very efficient, you know, to yes. catching a lot of fish uh, in a short amount of time. And I talked about jug fishing on the podcast that I did about mm. my Delacroix-Louisiana trip at the end of the show yeah. and talked about Mudcat and how he kind of helped us get yes. started with, um, with some of the Mudcat flagging yeah. jugs, which is what most of us use. But, um, you know, the kids getting involved, which I'm huge about, you know, on this show and Dennis knows from listening. But it's one of those things where I'm big about making the outdoors more accessible for everybody and making the outdoors very, um, you know, entertaining and inspirational and motivational for people. And the thing that I've noticed with the... um, the way the kids get involved in this in this stuff is that they are they're just as giddy as, as they're giddy as kids, you know. I don't know how else to say it, but it's it's it, you see their fear of the water and that kind of stuff break down, and you see them really enjoy the experience. So, yeah. Absolutely. So yeah, no, it's it's a great thing. Um, Dennis, tell me a little bit. You're more of a black bass fisherman. Uh, what are what? Are, you've got like a system down when we fish Conroe because my son and I, you know, watched <laughs> you catch fish after fish after fish uh, off of one dock. You know, uh, that was just holding a, a school of them. Uh, tell us a little bit about your um, your uh, your interest in bass fishing.
2: Yeah. So it. it you, you make me sound more better at it than I am. <laughs> you're really good at it. From where <laughs> first of <I see>. all, <laughs> yeah, I think you are. Um, but, uh, I, you know, I've, I've only been fishing, like I said, since 2013 and because we do things backwards in my family, it was my kids that actually got me into fishing (laughs) rather than vice versa. I love it. Um yeah my kids got into it because some friends of theirs were into it and there was a weekend i wasn't doing anything and i'm like well let me just go out with them and see what this is like because up to that point i kind of considered fishing one of those things you just kind of sit there with a rod in your hand you don't do
0: anything right. i'd never seen
2: bass fishing before so i didn't sure. know that there's a lot of activity involved. you never
0: watched I mean, it on tv or anything like never that watched it on okay. tv or anything curious. like that
2: yeah to me it was like watching golf on tv i mean it's probably fun to do but it's not something you want to sit there and watch for four hours right
0: now the past couple of years you've been watching the Bassmaster classic right i can't get enough i love it man it's great yeah, it's great it's awesome
2: so. yeah uh my favorites are major league fishing and uh in the bass pros i can't i don't miss a program that's of, great of, of any of those but so you're hooked on it yeah yeah i'm totally hooked on it so uh yeah i caught my first fish that was about the size of my hand and i was hooked and after that i was buying rods i was buying reels sure. and uh you know so now so now i'm at the point where you know i have my own boat and i, I go fishing just about every weekend if i can right um I do like fishing for black bass, uh, and, and for that reason, I come up to Belton a lot. Belton is a really good lake for that, right. uh, and I've got some—you uh, know—I've got—I've got a pretty good handle on where the fish are seasonally at Belton on any given time, so I can—I can—I can do that. Uh, I'm a li- i am live like 10 minutes from Lake Georgetown, right. and, and that lake is known for white bass. So uh, if I'm short on time, or if I just feel like catching a lot of fish that day, I'll—I'll I'll hit that lake up and, sure. and do the white bass. White bass are pretty prolific here at Belton too, so if uh, if I decide I want to change gears when I'm here at Belton, that's cool, I can do that. Um, And yeah, those are are the two primary lakes I fish, and uh, I just have gotten locked into the seasonal patterns on those two lakes. I'm trying to learn Buchanan a little bit better. Mm -hmm. Um, I it's got a big of, lake, though. I mean, yeah, it's, and a it's huge good lake. for all
0: species of fish, but I mean, you got to really know where to find them on that lake.
2: Yeah, and the problem with Buchanan for me is that uh, I, yeah, I have one of those tracker boats. It's pretty light, right. and uh, you have to be really careful when the wind gets up about where you're where you're at and where you're going. So. Um, uh, I have a friend with a with a house on LBJ. I'll, I'll go out there once in a while and cool. fish with him. Uh, I I can't profess to know that lake really well. So, you know, in a sense, while it seems like I really know what I'm doing, I think maybe in in on the lakes that I know well, I know what I'm doing. But I'm sure. still I'm still learning. There's there's a lot to learn. Oh, there I'm not it is. We're near where I want to be yet.
0: Yeah, and I'm with you. Uh, what's your go-to bait? Terry talked about what he fished with for uh, for catfish and stuff and white bass. What You've got a, I know you've got a go-to bait that you use all the time. Yeah.
2: So, uh, I usually carry six rods on the boat, at least, uh, but the two that are constant that I, I never change are, I've got a, uh, I, I keep a rod with a, a, sw- a paddle tail swim bait with yep. a lead,
0: lead head jig. I learned that from you, actually, <laughs> is yep. how to fish those. Yeah, I, uh,
2: there are a couple brands I'm fond of, uh, I, but uh, we we don't have to talk about those if you don't want to um but uh and uh the other one is the uh strike king rage craw uh, yeah on, that's on the a one texas I, rig. I saw
0: you catching those on texas rigs and conroe i was like this guy's on fire man yeah. I mean, <laughs> if you're in calm a,
2: water there's no better bait, there's no better bait than that um i tell you know the one thing i've learned is that the, the fish out here just chomp down on crawfish a lot and if you're not if I'm not catching on the crawfish I might switch I might switch to a worm okay. uh, and the worm yeah. does pretty well um, that's especially true here at Belton. I find myself switching to the worm here at Belton a lot more, okay. but uh, but on most other lakes I never switch out the crawfish.
0: Well, I've been bass fishing with you on this lake before. I think the last time we went, or maybe there's a time last year in April we went, um, and just had a great experience with uh, you know you were catching. What well, you can go ahead and mention brands on the show. What yep. uh, what brand of swim baits do you use? I know you're kind of particular to a couple of brands.
2: Yeah, I'm really fond of the Reaction Innovations uh, Paddle Tail swim bait. It's cool. uh, called the uh, Little little dipper or little shiner yeah. i can't remember the precise name of it it's the four inch version of that swim bait. it also comes in a five inch version but i found the four inch version works better for me cool Good. um i also like the yum money minnow too um but uh who's that made by that's the yum yum okay yeah yum. the yum, okay. yum money yeah. minnow yeah. uh i uh i'm not as fond of that mostly uh mostly because of the price there's something about the action in that reaction innovation swim cool. bait that uh that just makes it really good. Uh, it's just hard to find in stores sometimes, so you have to be particular about where you go. Or, or, it online, or order, order it online. Order yeah, that's, yeah.
0: that's what a lot of anglers do these days. Um, so, I was going to give myself a hard time and have y'all both give me a hard time. We've caught two gar on this trip so far. I have not personally, but they've come in on jobs. And we're going to clean them during our fish cleaning party, and we're going to eat them tonight, right? Yeah, fish disassembly yeah. party. <laughs> that's r- what Dennis calls it. I love that. <laughs> I've never gotten old of that. Um, Alright, go ahead and Give me a hard time <laughs> about guard. <laughs> <About gar. laughs> Everybody gives me a hard time. You might as well on this uh, podcast. So um, I can't give you a hard time because I ate it and it's pretty good. But it tastes pretty good. That's what I good. Think. Yep. It's all in the way you prepare it, though. I mean, a lot of people laugh at me, and I've never mentioned this on the show before. But I mean, I love to eat guard. That you got to get a pair of ten snips or or something to get into the armor of the body, but once you get in there and split that open, you've got two lines of, of boneless, you know, white meat, two back straps, two back straps like yeah. a deer, and uh, it's fantastic eating. You just got to trim it up, get the red out, just like you would a white bass or something like that, and then cube it up and fry it. I mean, that's all I do. Well, I think
1: the biggest trick on that Gar is we have a top-notch fish cooking
0: team uh, here. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and Terry's in charge of that team, too. I'll go ahead and mention that. <laughs> But, um, no, that's great. <laughs> So what we do at these events is catch a lot of catfish, and then we—I head up the fish cleaning team, which I've talked about on the show before, and uh, been a new fan of Bubba Blade um, doing the doing the fish cleaning stuff with that. Uh, we just got some new electric knives, so we have kind of—I—I I, I started calling it a party once nobody wanted to come at first for fish cleaning, and then this is about three or four years ago, Rick started calling it a party, and everybody started showing up. I mean, everybody wanted to learn how to clean fish, everybody wanted to you know get the whole experience and everything down, and we're like begging to get a hold of a knife and cut a fish and it's just it's just the thing I love about all this is the is the outdoor camaraderie is the fellowship we share with each other it's a Christian man that's one thing but I mean the fishing brings us all together in so many different ways you know and and it's just as a connection point for us you know which I think is just ideally great and this is getting a selfie now of our podcasting. <laughs> Good job, buddy. <laughs> you going to put that on Facebook and tag me I, later? I, I okay. am, yeah. Good, good. No, that's good. Um, so what else do you all want to talk about? We've, we've covered the, the, the basics of jug fishing is what I wanted to talk about on the show, too. Um, we use mud cut flagging jugs, which basically flag when they go up. And most of us use the boat I'm on right now uses a different jug, but they're working great. Uh, he uses kind of a plastic bottle, kind of a homemade deal. Um, but we use cut shad, right? Yes, fr- fresh cut Fresh cut shad, shed, fresh dead a lot of times. Yes. Uh, sometimes you can roll them in cornmeal and uh, and salt and, and, yes. and, and, and preserve them in the freezer, but uh, we like fresh cut shad, and, and finding shad on the lake sometimes is difficult, but we try to catch the week that we fish, right? Yes, sir, we do. Okay. And um, we typically do three hooks on a line, which in Texas is legal to go up to five, right? Yes. And, um, but you, the more hooks you put in that boat, the more challenging it gets because somebody could get hooked very easily. I mean, that, that's your philosophy, <laughs> yes, huh, <Terry? laughs> We we
1: When we started, we had five hooks, which was a legal limit on each jug, and it took five pieces of bait, normally one or two fish on a jug. Right. So you're not really gaining anything. You're not gaining either. anything. Right. Uh, you got a lot more tangles, a lot more twisted jugs. and I didn't even think
0: about that. It'd just be We a,
1: use a good quality five-aught circle hook which costs about 80 cents a hook. So you're, And then with the swivel and the split ring, you're about a buck a piece, so you're $2 every time more every time you break a jug off. Right. Redoing it. So we went down to three hooks. It made it a lot simpler. And our whole weekend when we do the soldiers is keep it simple. Right. So three hooks out of five is a lot simpler, a lot less bait. We catch just as many fish. Sure,
0: sure. And, and our whole deal this morning, I'm going to give a talk called The New Normal, and tomorrow Dennis is going to give a talk about uh, Keep It Simple as a simple message. And um, the, the neat thing about, about jug fishing is that you can do it in just about any boat. The boat that I was up against yesterday was a, was a guy and his family that um, the guy and his two kids were coming out. They were throwing out jugs, and they ended up docking about the same time we did coming back and then going to, you know, and everything. Um, you know, I saw where they were setting jugs and stuff, and they just made a day trip out of it and just put out some jugs, went to go fish and, uh, and then for bass, and they came back and picked them up. So you can do that. But, um, you know, the thing that, that's really neat is you've got a bass boat, and Terry, you've got a bay boat. Yes. And you can fish out of either one of them very efficiently. So it doesn't really matter what size of boat you have. Um, I've even heard of people doing this in a kayak, but it's a little bit more challenging, you know, that way. But it, it's really an accessible way to catch a lot of fish in a short amount of time. Would you all agree? Yes, it
2: is. Yeah, absolutely. It requires very little in, in specialized gear, if if at all. Right.
0: And you really want to watch, uh, you know, make sure that the, the kids and that kind of stuff don't handle the hooks. That's the rule on Pee-Wee's boat this weekend. Um, is making sure the kids don't handle the hooks just to make sure we, we keep those hooks and, and everything safe on the floor when they're when they're in the boat and elsewhere. It's interesting fishing on a pontoon boat because you're basically sitting from an elevated position. It's a little bit easier than a bay boat in a lot of cases instead of having a kneel and everything. But a bass boat's the same deal mm-hmm. because you, um, you know, you're basically just leaning over the boat and that kind of stuff. Sorry, I not mean to knock over your drink there. And, um, so anyway, that's, that's just something I wanted to mention as well, so. Uh, but it's basically pretty simple. I mean you catch a really big fish, you get up the net you know um, uh, catch a lot of fish in a short amount of time and for a ministry event like what we do here at crosswater outfitters, it's one of those things where you catch a you, you catch enough to feed everybody that night and then possibly if there's enough left over which there might be this weekend because we we're catching the fish so good because of this front, um, there's stuff to send home too and I mean I just kind of think that overall is a great. You know it's just a great experience you know of of not only catching and cleaning but eating your catch at the same time there's nothing better than the fish we have at these fish fries that we do so no
2: i agree there you can't uh you can you can never overstate the the how good it is to just to eat fresh caught fish it right. just tastes so much better than anything you're going to get at the, the store good. or in a right. restaurant or anything like that and and for the, I, I think for the families, I, I know this was something that uh, that I experienced on my first Crosswater Outfitters event. I, I think for, and I think this is true for them as well, to see, to see the entire life cycle of. Or, I, I use the phrase life cycle because sure. I can't
0: come up with a better word. Well, but. you're a tech guy too, and life cycle is used commonly in the IT world now. Just give Yeah, <laughs>
2: um, to see to see the fish go from the water to to getting processed, and then to to and then going to the dinner table. Disassembled, it, yeah, disassembled, <laughs> <laughs> and then going to the dinner table, you get to see the whole thing, and right. you get. You, I, I think it gives you a better appreciation for nature and uh, how God provides for us yes. uh, uh, through through that process, and it's. Which is which
0: is something that I'm always key on when you can you can work you know God in the outdoors kind of goes together. Sure, but it's one of those things where you can actually show you know a real world example of here's how God's providing for us for our, our meal tonight, and we yeah. we've always had enough fish. Sometimes we'll have to go and you know people will bring some and stuff like that from home or whatever, but we always eat well at these events. You know we've got a cook team and everybody, Ed and Melinda and that whole group uh, doing their thing, and it's just. It's fantastic. I mean, yeah. I, I can't say enough good stuff about it. Yeah, so. it's
2: un- undeniable watching that process at play.
0: Right, and then we do s'mores for the kids in the evenings. Uh-huh. We do after our meals. Um, are we doing that just Friday or Friday and Saturday or both or? Just? Uh, sometimes we do both. I okay. think we just try to try to get a feel for what everybody what they wants want to do. do. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's what I figured. So, but it's fantastic. And I mean, I just I I uh, I think these kind of events. The, the more I can get, and obviously we need reliable men with boats. So reliable men with boats, we need to to grow the ministry and and that kind of stuff but it's growing pretty exponentially terry from from when you first started you know y- yes it has and you know i sat
1: down many years ago and i was talking to somebody on a retreat i was at we was talking about the ministry and and uh focused on what we was looking at coming out of it you know and one thing was is growing in. I ran into this person several years later and he's talking well how's the fishing ministry going and I had to sit back and think for a minute and then I thought you know we really have grown a bunch right because we went from like four or five guys right it was solid with boats that now we probably got close to 20 captains with boats right depending so, on what event we do yes yeah. and so every event we have all of them can't make every event, but usually when we have a big event like this, we have no problem getting 12 or 13 sure. boats. Yeah, and so we have a you know we have a, a lot of solid guys, a lot of solid deck hands. We got a top-notch cook team, uh, picking up a few sponsors. You noticed all the drinks and stuff over here, yeah. and all the snacks for the kids. All that is sponsored. Right, that stuff is there for every one of them. We have now we have mm-hmm. a jugging for Jesus coming up in June, which. We target single-family, single-parent families, uh-huh. families that can't afford a vacation. We do them at screen shelters and tents. We kind of do it the same way, and this place has already has donated a lot of stuff for it, so the forces force is a lot less. Oh,
0: it's great. And I went to Jugging wow. for Jesus. Uh, the only one I've been to is March of 2014, and I had a blast. I mean, it's a little more low-key than the yes. soldier events and those kind of things, but it's a little more intimate, too. I mean, the way yes. we do devotions and those kind of things, it's just very, you know, and the kids are very much a focus, and, you know, it's just one of those things where it's just, it's just been. So that's kind of an offshoot of our ministry, correct? Yes, it is. And okay. The last one we had we had
1: somewhere in the neighborhood of 45 kids that was junior high and down. Oh my goodness. So, you know, it was a big kid turnout. In the middle of Saturday, you know, we're a fishing ministry, in the middle of Saturday, it's mandatory right. that you show up for the water balloon fight. <laughs> <laughs> and we probably busted a thousand water blooms or better, me. not including the big water pistols everybody showed up with. That's,
0: that's more outdoor entertainment than just hunting and fishing stuff. I'm gonna stuff. tell yeah. you,
1: them kids had a blast because we bring quite a few kayaks. That's always a big hit at Jugging for Jesus. We have the big water balloon fight, and you know it's so cool because you're out in the, most of these families are out in a different environment, and I think the kids are surprised because they probably never had a water balloon fight with their mom and dad. But you know what? It ain't just the kids. It's all the mom and dads <laughs> and all our staff in the middle of it. Everybody's throwing water balloons. Getting and everybody's drenched. getting hit. <laughs> and it's like, wow, you
0: know, this is great. I, my mom never done this with right. me before. Yeah. No, that's fantastic. I love it. Uh, no, that's great, and I mean, it's just—it's about bringing families together in that. Regard. Yes, it is. Just like it is, kind of at these events, and that's why I'm so grateful. When I first started doing CWO stuff, yeah. it was just the men, like you were talking about, yes. and then I noticed the families and stuff. And you just get to see that connection, that familial connection that they have with each other, and how that grows and strengthens over the weekends. You know, and we see the, you know. I, I we basically see the soldiers a lot of times have a life transformation experience because of the outdoors and that's why I love the ministry work that I do with you guys so much because it's one of those things where you get to see in person how this stuff works and I mean that's my encouragement if if no matter where you're listening to this um, you know if there's some way you can give back I am always big about giving back and this is a way that Dennis and Terry and I give back you know because we've been so blessed we're blessed to be a blessing You know, and I think that that goes without saying, too.
1: It is, and, you know, personally, we get to sit down and see some of the impact it has on the soldiers. There's probably a lot more impact on the soldiers that happened after After the event, right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we got a real good website where you can tell them the address on it, and we got a devotion on there. Billy's still on there, right? Yep, we sure do, Yeah, And we had a soldier that came that he did not want to come he wanted nothing to do with anything spiritual and the chaplain stayed on him they got him out here he was really dark uh, standoffish right and he was uh, actually he was in the process of being put out of the military with dishonorable discharge right and so he was losing all his benefits
0: Mm -hmm.
1: well after he came to our Crosswater Ministry, he gave his life to Christ. His life was changed. Uh, several of our guys wrote letters to who it might concern at Fort Hood, Overeem's. The chaplain did, and he was brought in in front of a big commander and sat down and said, "You know, looking at your record, I would have never." went back and looked at your stuff. Not a second chance. And revert, yeah, not a second chance and reversed it. He says, but I had to go back and look because all these letters and stuff that wrote that was wrote about you right. and the life changed and how great of a guy you are. And they reinstated him and gave him 100% of all the yeah. stuff and gave him an honorable discharge. Wow. So, you know, what a huge change in Billy's life. And, you know, I can't even imagine what God has done in Billy's family's life. Right. They knew what was happening to him. Then all of a sudden, this guy comes to a spiritual retreat weekend and he's, and he's totally changed. changed. Yeah, now, he's changed like to, forever. To a, to
0: a great, great, great man now. Right, you and know? and the benefits from that. And yes. that all starts with the outdoors and what we do in this ministry. Yes, I mean, that's just that's just fantastic. It's just one of those things that I I think, you know, it's, it's life transformational, but it's also very simple. Yes. And very, you know, it's not easy to, to pull all these people together and do all these events, but I still think it's worth it. You know, it I is. mean, a lot of people will ask me when, when I talk about the ministry work that we do. You know, is it is it worth your time? Is it worth it? And absolutely, because there, you you know, I, I've said this before on the show. You know, it's one of those things, the legacy that you leave behind. Yes, the 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 the, the impression that you implant in people's hearts can last them a whole lifetime. You know, you may be the only Bible they ever read. You know, I've heard that too. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that's very, that's very wise there too. So Dennis?
2: Yeah, the return on investment, and there's another tech term for you.
0: (laughs) Uh, ROI. (laughs) The return on
2: investment's difficult to measure, but it's undeniable when you see it in person. even you know, I look I look around the room right now, and you can see you can see walls being broken yes. down and relationships yes. being formed right now as we're recording this podcast. And uh, I can't think of any more rewarding way to to see see the impact of what it is that we're doing out here than to just watch that. Yeah, I could see I could sit in the corner of this room the whole weekend and just watch that happen. Well, and, and it's it got to
0: work, you know. Yeah. It's not just us showing up with boats and and going out and fishing and everything. It's just it's one of those things where it all it's all encompassing it all brings it all together you know that kind of stuff so um any other fishing tips for us on these central texas lakes because like i say it's been a while since i've done a freshwater show so this is kind of gonna stand for it right now (laughs) so yeah
2: um i i I would guess at this point that the white bass are on their way out of the rivers and uh and hitting the starting to pile up on those main lake humps that are outside those uh if the wind wasn't uh 78 miles per hour right now (laughs) like it is (laughs) i'd I'd be out there taking a look at those right now right um yeah, I think, you know, black bass are up, moving up to spawn. I imagine uh, if we went out there and saw what was happening with the bass tournament, they're probably all up, uh, all back up in the backs of coves. Yeah, and, yeah uh, where it's
0: protected from the wind, right? Yeah, yeah. I,
2: looking looking at spawn beds and stuff like that, but eventually, I imagine pretty soon those guys are going to start moving out. The water temperature seems to be a little cooler than I thought it would be for April. Uh, right. It was in the high 60s out here yesterday. I would have expected it to be in the 70s already, so I think that's... That's a testimonial to, to kinda of the weird winter we've had. Right. It seems like we've had a, a weird winter one way or the other the last three years. So Yeah. Yeah, so that's that's those are the best
0: tips I could give you. Okay, um, that's cool. No, I'm just curious. Yeah. So and and when we set jugs we typically try, you know, coves and, and you know, there's all kinds of different places you can do it, but yeah points obviously i mean any place you normally catch them and then uh, river channels especially we're on conroe and these really big lakes yeah. um
2: you I'm, a, I'm a big fan of river channels okay uh, yeah. i like i like finding the river channels and dropping them in there especially if there's submerged timber nearby right
0: and i haven't gone in this much detail about jug fishing and how you how, how and where you set so i just wanted to cover that real quick yeah
2: i mean these are the kinds of places that are a little little tough to rod and reel fish uh you can you know unless you're unless you're dropping a rig straight down um but uh uh, yeah, I love dropping jugs uh, in in river channels, uh, especially if there's a bend and there's some submerged cover sure. nearby. Uh,
0: and you need your electronics for that. Need your electronics for, for that. For depth and for infrastructure.
2: Yeah, if you, and if you have down scan, you're you're in good shape. If you have side scan, that's probably even better. I don't right. I don't happen to have side scan on my boat, but. Uh, uh yeah i I look for that submerged timber uh there was a while there for a couple of events here i would go all the way up into cowhouse creek and i was just running straight along the river channel it just wasn't working for me so i came back out into the main lake this time okay uh, and, uh, I'd found a river channel bend that had worked for me in the past. That's got some submerged timber, not yeah. right nearby, but it's probably about 30 yards off, off the channel. And, uh, I've been, uh, I've been catching a lot of small catfish. Uh, it seems like, it seems like I had, a, I had a school of baby catfish come, come, come through and hit all my jugs, uh, yesterday, but, uh, but I'm getting a lot more fish now, but those, those are always good. Um. Uh, point, I know a lot of guys have success on points. I have not. There's something about points I haven't figured out yet. Maybe yeah. Terry could talk about yeah, that a little sure. bit. But uh, but I, I'm a big fan of river channel bends.
1: Okay. I wanted to mention well, that. I think on jug fishing, on any lake that you go to, if you have a map and you can look at the rivers that was there right. when they formed the lake. When they formed the lake, right. Even though they're silted in and stuff, they've been there forever, and that's like a roadway for the fish. Right. Right. So catfish travels in riverbeds. Mm-hmm. So they'll travel up and down as so you find the riverbeds, and what you do is you go on the side and catch them coming down, or you come down the side of a point or a sandbar or something, and them catfish come down like you're going on the road, and they come up on the sandplats to eat. Right. And so that's where you wanna play the bait. So yeah. anywhere you want to go on the jug, on any lake you're at you're jug fishing, the first thing you want to do is get an idea where the river channel is
0: and you fish the river channel or right off of the river okay. channels. Okay. Yeah. Cool, no, that's good. And then um, that's where a lot of the big boys live too. Yeah, and that's they where run the big those road and stuff. And yeah, they the big boys move a lot more in the
1: winter looking for bait than they do the summer. Okay. Also in the winter, when they go out, people think you gotta have big bait, big fish. The bigger the bait, the more energy it takes to digest it and everything. And we'll go out and catch 40, 50, 60, 80-pound catfish say that, on you know. a piece of cut shad that's
0: the size of a quarter. Right. Yeah. I, I, I've seen that. Um, yes. One of our one of our ministry partners is called it an appetizer. You know, it's just a little piece <laughs> of a shad. Yes. But I've seen this. I, I was just going to mention that. It's like 40, 50-pound catfish and you know, off a little big piece of a shad. And you're like, how, how did it? Because it takes less energy. That makes sense to me. I didn't even think about that before. Um, it takes less energy to digest that and everything like that. So it's not always big bait, big fish. Although I've heard a lot of fishing guys say that that's that's true. Not always. So that's a good point. Yeah. Um, what, what Terry said about contour mapping is uh,
2: it, that's good advice for any kind oh, yeah. of fishing, right? Not sure. just catfishing. Um, one of the big when I upgraded my fish finders on my on my boat, one of the biggest biggest benefits I got. The second big, biggest benefit I got was down scan. I can't I can't understate the importance of that, but the uh the contour mapping on the g and the, on the gps the, to see where just, the river channel is America, yeah it's just you know? key it's key yeah, it's i good. could never find river channels out there if it weren't for that right so if you're so if you're if you're a guy out there and you're and you're looking at making upgrades to your electronics on your boat you've got to make sure that you get uh you get that gps and and uh, and, and invest in one of those map chips right um no, that's good it's good stuff. You, you, it can't be beat, really.
0: No, it's solid. And then the depth that we're that we're putting most of our jugs in, for the most part, Terry. You know,
1: all in all, throughout the year, the magic number that we find is always about 25 foot. Okay, that's yeah. what
0: I was going to say, but I didn't want to speak for you yeah. because you've been at this a lot 20, than
1: 25 foot's the magic number. Now, out yesterday. We was in a little bit shallower water, was catching a little bit better. But overall, 80% of the time,
0: 25 foot. 25 foot, okay. Yeah, sir. Or in that range, at least, in, in that, that range, in that yes. plus or minus 25 foot. That's great. Yeah. Anything else to add, guys? I think you covered it pretty good.
2: Yeah, I agree. So thank you for having us. No, well, thank you for,
0: for doing this live on the spot here. <laughs> and I apologize to everybody. There's a lot of background noise, but I thought it was a real deal experience, you know, to have you guys on and do something, you know, like this. So uh, thank you guys for having us. Thank and, you, Justin. Uh, yeah, thank, thank you. you guys for for, um, for what y'all do for the ministry, for the votes that you provide, for the our leadership that y'all provide. I mean, I can't say enough about that. So... It's our that's pleasure right. that's great and there they go ladies and gentlemen mr terry Tubbs and dennis martin uh from the crosswater outfitters fishing ministry that i'm dearly a part of and try to attend as many events as i can during the de- during the week during the year i should say on weekends that i have those and then obviously i also serve with camp agape the bereavement camp for children and um some other stuff that i do in the outdoor you know i i've always i say this on this podcast a lot but there's a whole lot to be said about giving back you know we've we've been a blessing we're blessed to be a blessing in this world and this industry and everything and and i've been so humbly blessed by god but in so many different ways this is just one of my ways to give back so that's the whole reason why i do this show and uh, as a way to give back to you the listener and uh, as a way to just inform you educate you motivate you so you can go out and have the best of the outdoors for yourself so again if you've not done so already subscribe to our newsletters there are three of them a week tuesday is tactical tuesday wednesday is wildlife wednesday and thursday is the texas state of the outdoor nation and then we also have our fishgame.com content, which this podcast is part of, so you can check out the voice of the Texas Outdoor Nation, or the National News of Texas, as we call it, at fishgame.com. In Texas and beyond, we cover all kinds of wildlife stuff and all kinds of different stuff that Chester Moore, editor-in-chief, curates on there, and um, it's fantastic self-defense, tactical, that kind of stuff, really good stuff. So, plan to have Matt Williams back on pretty soon. He's a bass expert, talk about some more freshwater bass fishing stuff, and um uh, Really, we've got some great things planned for this show, so I can't thank you guys enough for watching and reading and listening. Thank you so much for tuning in and checking us out, and have an awesome day in the outdoors. We'll see you next time.